All right, welcome back to another episode of The Daily Dots here on Wednesday, January 10th. Um, pretty slow day as far as data goes, so this one might not last too long. I feel like I don't have as much to say as normal. Um, first, let's kind of run through the markets um, on the day. S&P up about half a percent. Uh, the Q's up about 07 um, with that said, though, the Magnificent 7 up about 1.5%, and at least on the ETF, that represents a, a new all-time high. Um, with that said, small caps were flat. They're kind of struggling, and the ever-present, very correlated to small caps, ARC, same thing, pretty flat, down uh, about 0.3. Um, Apple, Microsoft, Amazon, NVIDIA, basically everything but Tesla was up on the day as far as Mag 7 goes. Um, oil down 1.2%. And of note there, we had another just massive inventory build for gasoline and diesel. Uh, just huge. Those are those have been pretty shocking whenever you take them on back-to-back weeks. So we actually went into the storage report looking pretty good on oil, uh, even gasoline futures. But that that report put a pretty big dent in the, in the run-up there. Uh, the dollar finished down about 0.16, but of note, the dollar is kind of breaking out again versus the Japanese yen as some wage inflation data came out of Japan pretty weak, uh, which is definitely going to lower the odds of Japan like really normalizing interest rate policy or, or having any sort of interest rate hiking cycle. I think they may go push back up to flatter, maybe up you know positive a tiny bit in this year. But I think the odds of them like really having a hiking cycle are deteriorating fast as wage gains underwhelm, as inflation kind of comes back to normal, as the U.S. goes from hiking to cutting. That's just none of that's particularly supportive uh, of them having a hiking cycle. N- not to mention, you know, the weakness in China that kind of spills over into their economy a bit as well. Uh, as far as bond yields go, essentially just flat on the day. Super boring. Uh, John Williams from the New York Fed actually had a speech. To me, it was somewhat hawkish where he talked about, well, we're not close to running down the balance sheet, um, slowing down QT essentially, um, which I found interesting because I think they'll probably have to, if not start doing that in like the spring, they'll have to be very seriously talking about it. So the fact is like, yeah, we're not close to that when we're in mid-January. I think I think it's not true. I think they are close to that. But he also said, look, we can't we can't cut until we know we're sustainably heading towards uh, two. And so it felt to me like maybe he was trying to push um, cut cut odds on on March down a little bit. It, it didn't really work. Um, but maybe that's what he was trying to do with some of those comments. But anyway, if if we're going to if they're not going to cut in March, and maybe they will, and and I I think you can make an argument for why they need to based on some like plumbing stuff. Um, but if they're not going to, the meeting at the end of January, the Fed meeting, I, I think requires Jay Powell to come out and be a little bit more explicit about the fact that they're not going to do that. Because if not, the market's just going to continue to price it in. I think he needs to get that under 50-50 so that uh, February and March, as we kind of go into that March meeting allows for data dependence to kind of push us up or down in a, in a bigger way. But maybe they just want to cut in March anyways, and they don't care that it's priced in. That's very possible given uh, the situation that you can kind of see for 
uh, for regional banks and, and, and even just you know, the, the liquidity backdrop post-March, if we assume that's when the reverse repo facilities kind of zeroed out and drained. So that was it from uh, from the, the market side. As far as data, really all we had today was uh, mortgage applications, which came in pretty decent. Um, it looks like you're actually starting to bottom out there. And I think as long as long-term yields are off the highs, and especially if they're gonna, if they continue to fall, you'll continue to see mortgage applications perk up. Uh, we're still falling on a year-over-year basis, and if you just look at the the pure chart, it still looks horrible. But at least it has started to bounce. It was better than expectations, I think. Um, but as I, as I have probably made clear by by this point, I I still think at least in Q1, if not some of Q2, uh, bond yields are going to have to go back higher. I think. I, I will say though, I. I I think you probably need oil to stop going down and to like really perk up to have rates do what I, I thought they were going to do. But I I still expect data to come in better than expected for most of the first quarter, especially if the stock market doesn't start to have um, some serious issues or, or the bond market. Um, uh, pivoting a little bit to – so something I've covered a few times whenever I'm, I'm running the show solo and as if you notice, there's no Zach today. Um, and, and I think he'll be out all week, um, is natural gas. And that's something I really hammered home, whatever it was, about a month ago now, maybe maybe even five, six weeks ago, uh, that I was getting really excited about natural gas. And I've I've had some some clients reach out and, and, and give me some kudos. But to me, like what's happened to, to date is is not and that wasn't that wasn't the trade. That wasn't the move, that wasn't the thesis. It's been nice and I thought we would get be colder than people expect for the winter, and obviously January is sig- going to be significantly colder than people expected. Um, but I, I think I'll kind of push back on some of the kudos because to me, the, the February, March, April weather is is really important, and and for me to get to kind of land the trade the way I want it, that that also has to stay cold and production has to fall. Um, so far, don't get me wrong. So far, this thing's on track. But I, I do still, you know, have concerns that you could be uh, not my base case, but but concerned that you could have warm February, March, April um, in a way that hurts uh, the price. What we're seeing now is, yeah, you have polar vortex come in and and give you negative temperatures in places like Arkansas and Oklahoma, um, that, down in my hometown, down southwest of Houston on the coast. It's going to feel like single digits, and trust me, that is not not normal down on the Texas Gulf Coast. Um, so it's a it's a very significant cold snap where the polar vortex is getting tapped essentially over the entire country, which is a which is a rare event. Um, it's going to create very significant withdrawals of natural gas, um, and that's going to help a lot. The, the you know the where you're tracking the inventory versus the five year average is really spiked in the last couple of weeks and that can spike right back down to where you came from, um, which I do expect to move the market. Um, but you can see today, I mean, we, we struggled today down about 5% on the kind of near month, not front month, but the, you know, kind of March contract um, for no other reason than the, the overnight models warmed up just a little bit. Like you're getting to the point where it's either perfect or the price goes down. Uh, but plenty can change that. It, you know, as long as the, the, the week two model continues to be decent and as long as production is falling and as long as you start having some inventory withdrawals that are um, significant and, and I would say even higher than expected, then I think this trade, this 
you know, this whole thesis is, is going to work out okay. But I, I would say the job's not done there. There's still there's still a long way to go for this to work out. I, I think probably most important at the moment, obviously, I mean, weather's always incredibly important during the winter for natural gas, but to me, production is really significant. It's being clouded by the fact that it's so cold right now. You always lose some production from freeze-offs, but um, you have gone from you know over 105 down to 102 uh, billion cubic feet a day, which is uh, a nice a nice move. Um, and that's where I would want to see this thing settle out is around that 102 um, for, for that kind of you know over through the spring, call it or early spring, late winter, early spring. Um, so after this, you know, significant cold blast is over, it'd be, it's going to be super interesting to see how much production climbs back up. If it can, if it can settle out at 102, 103, 101, something like that, then I think you can have, uh, the withdrawals you're going to need to see from, from storage and ever in order to make the rest of this trade, um, through, through the rest of the winter and early spring, um, kind of, kind of really pan out. And if not, obviously the, the opposite, if you get back up to, uh, 105 and kind of stay there, then it, then it just makes it tough. Um, the other kind of variables that I, I keep an eye on are, um, the piped exports to Mexico, which are hitting an all time high. So that's going obviously well. And then the LNG exports also, you know, hovering right at all time highs. So production's falling, exports are jumping and weather is going to create uh, a significant demand shock over you know a, a two week period. That's not enough to make a whole winter in, in that uh, trade, but it is enough to kind of reset expectations for where you're going to end the winter versus the five year average. So it's going to be interesting. On the flip side, you have Europe, which is at the moment having a very cold cold shot that looks like it's going to kind of retrograde and go away. Uh, quicker and more forcefully than it is in the U.S. And again, this is based on weather models that can that change twice a day, and they can change violently. So who knows what will really happen? But currently, it's kind of hitting a really big cold shot. European natural gas withdrawals hit an all-time high today. They've never been this high at this time of year before. Um, so you will see pretty decent storage withdrawals. But if it's going to warm up as much as it looks like it will in kind of southern and western Europe, um, it that can moderate a good bit. The one thing that kind of just continues to hold true, though, Scandinavia just stays shockingly cold, like un- unbelievably. But their demand uh, is just not big enough to like carry all of Europe. So that's going to be fun to watch. I'm, I'm watching that one kind of secondarily, obviously keeping more of an, an eye on the U.S. market because that's where the the actual investments have, you know, have been made. But um, that is all I have for today. So like I said, I'm going to keep it short. We're running about 11 minutes here. Um, tomorrow we'll have obviously a lot more data as we have the inflation report. So, uh, I'll still try to keep it short tomorrow, but we'll probably run over 11. Um, but that's it for today. Have a good one. Uh, don't forget you can download and subscribe at knowyourriskradio.com. Cheers. The opinions expressed in this program are for general informational purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or on any specific security. It is only intended to provide education about the financial industry. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult your financial advisor prior to investing. Any past performance discussed during this program is no guarantee of future results. Any indices referenced for comparison are unmanaged and cannot be invested into directly. As always, please remember investing involves risk and possible loss of principal capital. Please seek advice from a licensed professional. Investment advice cannot be given without a client service agreement. Bulwark Capital Management is an investment advisor representative of Trek Financial, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor.